The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Let's go, Buffalo. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. Free agency is only one week away. And uh, we thought this would be a good time to talk about some under-the-radar wide receivers coming out in free agency. By the way, I'm joined by my co-host, John, for this episode. John, you ready to talk some under-the-radar wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills that could potentially be wearing a Buffalo Bills uniform in just a few months? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, real quick, coronavirus check. No coronavirus, correct? Uh, No. Although my daughter has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. Flu is fine, man. Flu is all good. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to talk about some under-the-radar wide receivers. Um, We ran a Twitter poll a few weeks ago about, you know, if you could choose one position for the Bills to upgrade dramatically this offseason, what would it be? And 62% of the people that participated in the uh, poll said wide receiver. And uh, I can't, I really can't disagree with, with what, um, a lot of the Twitter followers and, and people in Bill's Twitter said. And so I thought this would be a perfect chance to talk about it on this episode. Offensive lineman myself. <laughs> You're an offensive lineman. Is that what you voted for? Sure. Yeah, I voted. 25. So 62% went wide receiver. 25% went defensive end. And 11% went offensive line. So I think I think there's definitely something to be said for offensive line. And I would be very surprised if they don't add at least one or two um, decent pieces in free agency and, and the draft, I would say at least one in the draft too, as well. Um, but maybe we'll save that. I don't know. Maybe next week we'll talk about, uh, offensive linemen. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's all up in the air. You never know. Things change. This change changed by the They're minute. They're obviously all, all needs, right? I mean, they need everything. So they need everything. I put, I actually put cornerback on this list too, just because, um, I was seeing a lot of mock drafts where defensive backs, safeties, cornerbacks were being mocked to the bills. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is that coming from? So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, upgrades at a lot of positions. There's, as, as far as I'm concerned, and we'll get into it more when we talk about the draft and 
draft strategies and stuff like that. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, everything's on the board pretty much. You know, there'd be very few things that I'd be upset about if they actually drafted or signed a big name free agent at that position. So, so let's so let's talk about free agency. Um, everyone knows by now, I'm sure, if you've listened to this podcast network, which you know Anthony and the guys have done a great job going over the elite wide receivers or the quote unquote elite wide receivers coming out into free agency this year. Uh, you have you know Amari Cooper, AJ Green, stuff like that. You know, we think about that because the Bills have you know, some really decent wide receiver depth. Although it is a little bit old, you have um, John Brown and Cole Beasley both in their 30s this year. And, you know, you have to wonder, you know, after that, there's just a big gap in the talent on the Buffalo Bills roster. You know, after that, you have the likes of Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Robert Foster, Duke Williams. I mean, it is just a hodgepodge of guys they were either undrafted CFL guys, you know, six round picks that were cut by their, you know, their first team. And it's just the, the Bills lack a lot when it comes to that number three wide receiver. And I think the, I, th- I think we would both agree, John, that the Bills are going to address that position in the draft no matter what with a, you know, like round one, two or three uh, pick. But I think, you know, we have to discuss about who are they going to, signing free agency to kind of fill that gap while the draft pick, you know, acclimates himself to the NFL. I think this regime is very good at uh, signing depth in free agency and then also drafting. They're kind of, they kind of cover both bases. You know what I mean? Like they signed Tyler Croft last year as a veteran option, you know, not an elite veteran option by any means, but just like as a depth piece to bring up to speed their rookie uh, rookies in this case, Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. And I think that was a smart play. Of course, they didn't know that Tyler Croft was going to get injured on the very first day of, you know, minicamp, but you know, they, they, they definitely want to cover all their bases. So I think this is a good time to talk about these guys that will be like second or third tier wide receivers. That might be a one or two year gap to kind of bring this rookie and or rookies wide receivers up to snuff. Would you agree with that that assessment, John? With where I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott will go? Yeah, and I mean that's what I would do. I would I'd probably bring in another receiver and draft at least one guy. Um, I think they really need a number one receiver, and not you know unless they get like AJ Green, um, that's going to have to be through the draft. But if you know if it's going to take time to develop, then you know a, a third receiver would be good. Absolutely, and you know a lot of the times we talk about the Bills needing. Uh, an elite wide receiver, uh, you know, a big six foot four sort of Julio Jones or, you know, Calvin Johnson type wide receiver. And a lot of the times, I guess my retort to that would be, you know, look at those guys that are considered that, that, that are the Julio Joneses of the league. And even like the shorter, you know, elite wide receivers like Odell Beckham Jr. is only 5'11", you know, Antonio Brown for a while who was 5'10". You know, you look at these teams that have those guys and, I guess the, the only thing I would say to that is really those guys, those teams don't really tend to do very well for the most part. You rarely see a Super Bowl winner out of those guys. You know, when you talk about the really elite wide receivers, I mean, how many Super Bowls did Calvin Johnson win, right? And he always, for the most part, was the best wide receiver on the field. Well, he played for the Lions. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to elevate a team into, you know, Super Bowl contenders every year every other year anything like that i mean look at the the patriots all these seasons they never had except for when they had randy moss for those few seasons they never really had an elite wide receiver 
like but they that. have a complete team too. So like if you if you factor in what the Bills have already built with the defense that they have, and you know if they put a few more pieces together on the offensive line and bring in another receiver, like they're they're going to be right there. I think they ha- they'll have a more complete team than say some of those Lions teams or some of those Bengals teams. Yeah, Bengals teams with AJ Green, which you know we're going to discuss a little bit. But yeah, and, and the, what what have the Bengals done with AJ Green? Right? I mean, it's it's just Mari Cooper with the the Dallas Cowboys this last season. You know, they didn't even make the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's definitely great to have. I want more talent at the wide receiver position. So I guess, you know, let's let's talk about the top tier real quick. Amari Cooper, AJ Green. It's very possible that neither of these guys hit the open market in general. So we might be talking about them as far as, you know, a, a potential free agent target. But neither of these, it, it's potential. There's been discussion of AJ Green being franchise tagged and it's very possible that Amari Cooper gets franchise tagged if Dak Prescott doesn't get tagged and you know they they just the, very rarely do teams let go of these really great wide receivers you know what I mean yeah I mean I'd be surprised if the the Bills were able to land them you know even if they hit the open market but you know yeah you know for it you never know the Bills right now are 15th highest in the league in positional spending at the wide receiver position for twenty point with twenty point five million dollars. If they added an Amari Cooper like receiver, which he's the only one in that class really, this free agency, they'd easily be first, if not first in the league, with over forty million dollars spending this season on wide receivers. So just from that standpoint, I don't see it happening. Um even if they had a chance to do that. Um I say this though, and you know they were definitely you know in kicking the tires on Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. I think that they're always exploring those opportunities, but it's very rare that I think they go you know the they go all in and try to make a guy the highest paid at his position. And that in in a lot of the the past few years, they really haven't invested a ton of draft capital in wide receivers. I mean, you think about like sixth round pick Ray Ray McLeod, seventh round pick Austin Prohl. Um, they just really haven't spent a lot on that position um, in draft needs. Now you, you can discuss Zay Jones, you know, a few years ago with a second round pick, which they traded up for, and that was definitely someone that they picked. But you know, I'm always worried about that draft because sometimes I want to give—I feel like I want to give McDermott the credit for all of that draft, even though Doug Whaley was the GM. You know what I mean? <laughs> if anything good happens, Tre'Davious White, oh, that was definitely sean mcdermott's pick right and then the zay jones pick you know the next round later i'm like oh that well that was doug whaley scouting of course <laughs> it's like i don't i never want to take any credit away from sean mcdermott i just give it just never give any to doug whaley but anyway um they just haven't spent what was that doug whaley quote to win in this business it's about two things it's about players and winning so good so good uh man could you imagine him trying to sell the organization and the franchise to other pro football pro football like free agents <laughs> like hey man you want to come here you're like half half of what it takes to win <laughs> you're literally half of this equation what's the other half it's winning all right <laughs> damn it it's winning and you will be part of that other half too you're 100% of what it takes <laughs> man it's funny now. It was frustrating as hell then, but it's funny now. <laughs> you know what? Another funny thing is, I, I, you know, just thinking about wide receivers in general. Is wide receivers are funny in the fact that um, they're a lot of times they're just so quarterback dependent 
in the fact that, you know, you could have a guy that's uber talented, but in the wrong system with the wrong quarterback, especially, they might be completely phased out of the offense. But with a new team, they might do great, right? So you're thinking of guys that guys that, you know, like Randy Moss, for example. Randy Moss was amazing with the Vikings, went to the Raiders, was terrible, went to the Patriots and resurrected his career completely, right? Like think about that with yeah. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper was possibly considered a first round bust after all these, you know, after, you know, three or four years with the Oakland Raiders and them never be able being able to utilize him correctly and having a first round. I think he was he was the first, if not one of the first wide receivers taken in that draft. And then he comes to Dallas and he has over a thousand yards receiving. You know, it's just it's just night and day when you well, put them with the, the right re- quarterback. There is a pattern there, right? The, the Raiders. <laughs> and, and it's not just with the receivers either. So you think it's so, so that's what's great about that is that's going to, that lends into a lot of the discussion about the potential wide receiver prospects that we're going to discuss because a lot of them, they either like have okay to decent or crappy quarterback situations or they're buried behind other people that are much more talented than them. Um, just on paper at least. So again, uh, unlikely that the Bills, you know, get a top tier wide receiver in free agency. Um, by the way, speaking about wide receivers that resurrected their career, I mean, look at look at John Brown, right? John Brown had an amazing first half of his season with the Baltimore Ravens just one season ago, and with Joe Flacco as his quarterback, he was well he was well on um, on pace for over a thousand yards receiving that season, and then Lamar Jackson you know, comes in with a Joe Flacco injury and then, you know, he has one touchdown for like the last six or seven games and he's basically phased out of the offense. Like that's like even in season to a wide receiver having a great season, like that's how much the quarterback matters, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, we're looking at some under the radar guys um, and 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 as far as like even injury history goes and stuff like that, I th- I feel like the front office of the Buffalo Bills don't really care about that. They don't really care if a guy's been injured before because you look at guys like Mitch Morris, Trent Murphy, Tyler Croft, um, Kevin Johnson last season. I mean, they they have no problem looking at guys that are injured. So, you know, we already mentioned Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, um, Anthony Marino did a great job of that um, several weeks ago about talking about those guys in depth. Um, but let's talk about, you know, a couple of guys that are, you know, picking up a little bit of steam and but but could easily be you know, a guy uh, on the radar. And I think the first thing we have to talk, the first guy we have to talk about, John, is Devin Funches. Now, Devin Funches was a draft pick of the Carolina Panthers in 2015. He is a six foot four, 232 pound monster. Um, the guy actually, the guy had a, had, had a pretty decent 40 time. I mean, really good. 4.47 um, at his pro day. You know, he was a two-time second-team All-Big Ten selection out of Michigan, and he, you know he had, he had a decent career with the. Uh, he was a second-round pick, decent career with the Carolina Panthers. Um, here's a guy that's an outside receiver and doesn't have doesn't look like at least through through the tape I've seen game-breaking speed, but he just seems to have reliable hands. Now, you know one of his weaknesses has been stated that he, he doesn't really really try to catch the ball with his hands. He allows the throws to go into his frame. Um, he seems to like to him pass catching is labored. And when whenever you hear that, you automatically think of Kelvin Benjamin, right? <laughs> I mean, you have like a six foot four, six foot five guy, huge, big bodied, 
guy and you know he doesn't really he has he struggles with his hands sometimes um <laughs> but you know this is a guy that that has that relationship with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and this could easily be a guy that's on their radar as you know he he broke his collarbone and i believe it was like the first either the first preseason game or the first game of the NFL season for the Colts and then just was lost he took a one year one year deal and you know bet on himself and unfortunately it didn't go well the bills could get a guy like devin funches on a one year you know 5 to 6 million dollar deal and i feel like that guy would give them the size and a little bit of speed and the ability to box out guys and you know high point balls where you know the bills don't really have that with their first two wide receivers and john brown and cole beasley both under 6 foot both in their 30s and uh it provides a little bit and, it, and it, like i said give it Give it that flex, that that gap in between uh, the rookies, which wide receiver rookies usually take a year or two to really come up to speed. You know, get, kind of gives them that gap, that cushion to learn the game and bring them up to speed before they become a major part of this offense. John, what do you think about Devin Funches? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, he's a good route runner, too. Um, they're definitely missing a, a bigger guy. I don't know if he's going to be like your number one guy who's going to be getting all these contested balls necessarily. But he's de- he definitely um, is a factor in the red zone for sure. Yeah, I think the red zone is going to be huge for a guy like that. And just his pedigree and his um, youth, I think he's just going to be an upgrade over Duke Williams in that position. Um, Duke Williams, I think, played a little bit more slot this season. Um, but I think Devin Funches would be, that, would be a good, you know, uh, intermediate for the other outside guy opposite of John Brown on the other side of the field. So um, he creates mismatches, a guy that, you know, the Bills don't really have on the roster right now because, you know, I mean, we expect Dawson Knox to take a step forward this offseason. And, you know, it's just, it's just going to take some time. But here you have a guy that's already, you know, he's been in the league for this will be his fifth season. So um, looking forward to seeing that. John, you had a guy uh, that was buried on the depth chart behind uh, a couple of very good wide receivers. Um, and the Chiefs. So who's who's your guy that that you like? Uh, I was gonna say Demarcus Robinson. Um, he's a he's he's another young guy. He's only been in the league for four years. Um, his production has increased a little bit each year. He's versatile. He can play different receiver positions. Um, but he's not he's not like a six four guy. I think he's like six one. Yep. Um, but like I say, he's versatile. He, he can get you know yards after the catch. Um, and like you said, he, he, he's been buried on the depth chart, so he hasn't had a ton of opportunities, um, with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Watkins, and all these other guys. Yeah, Watkins definitely picking up in the second half of the season. And you know what's funny? So, Demarcus Robinson was a fourth round pick of the Chiefs in 2016. Um, the guy had a pretty slow 40 time. He's a 4'6, 40, 4'5, 40, excuse me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was just one of those things, like, I, I agree, he just caught behind some very, veteran uh great receivers Tyreek Hill only five foot ten we're talking about guys needing to be six foot four or whatever you know or at least that's the that's the stereotype but you know you have a guy like you know Tyreek Hill who is unbelievable what a great wide receiver he is for the the Kansas City Chiefs so we realize that you don't really need that guy but again six foot one he would be the tallest receiver uh on the on the if he if he were to be the wide receiver three the top wide receiver out of those three six foot one 203 pounds um, I, I, I echo your sentiment, John, completely about the yards after catch. The Bills really lack that. 
And I don't know if that's a matter of Josh Allen throwing these guys open and giving them a chance. But I mean, you know, you and I were watching some tape on it and, and the guy just seems to find himself open. He, he was catching contested balls. Um, and the yards after catch was just, I mean, he just, he just didn't go down easily. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit because I don't want to take any credit away from Devin Singletary, but a little bit like Devin Singletary, like he thought he was going to go down a few times, ends up getting, you know, four or five more yards or even more, you know? All right. One of the guys now I want to discuss, I want to talk about is former first round pick Brashad Perriman. Now Brashad Perriman is, is kind of, you know, him, he and Demarcus Robinson have definitely gotten a lot more discussion in free agency because it looks more and more likely that AJ Green's going to be tagged. So then you kind of look at, you know, the guys after that. And I would say, you know, there's guys definitely like Robbie Anderson, who is one of the biggest potential free agents, you know, out there. Um, and Brashad Perriman is definitely up there. Now, Brashad Perriman had a resurrection in his career. He was, he played with the, uh, he was selected in the first round in 2018 by the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, he was just riddled with injuries his entire career, never lived up to the, to the status that he was drafted. He's six foot two, 212 pounds. I mean, the guy had everything on paper, you know, his, his 40 yard dash on his pro day was four, two, four, four, two, seven. I mean, that's unbelievable speed for a guy that big. And he, he was just, he just had, he was a great college. People were telling him like his, his NFL comparison was Josh Gordon. All right. Like that's, that's pretty incredible. And not, and not the Joshua Gordon that was suspended for like five out of six seasons it was like you know <laughs> like they, he, he has a rare combination of you know size top end speed and suddenness you know it's just the, the guy has all the tools and he didn't really put it together until the second half of last season with the tampa bay buccaneers and um some injuries along they're really i mean they're stout wide receiving quarter when you talk about mike evans chris godwin right so the guy's buried behind chris godwin and mike evans when an injury happens he finally steps up shows his potential um i could definitely see the guy the bills going after a guy like that for like a one year like six to seven million dollar deal um and i think the guy has shown he can play in the slot in on the outside and uh yeah, I, I was I was pretty impressed with what I see. John, would you agree? Yeah, I agree with you. I think you uh, you said it. So, John, we we mentioned you know a few guys uh, off the bat. Um, we we discussed Rashad Perriman, Devin Funches, Demarcus Robinson. So here's one that's um, this is this would be interesting because uh, here's someone that I thought showed a lot of promise his rookie season, and then I think he was the unfortunate recipient of poor offenses and poor quarterbacks in front of him. And that's Tajay Sharp of the Tennessee Titans. Now here's a guy that's six foot two has a much, much more slender frame than all the other guys we talked about at 194. That was his, you know, that was his not coming out of college in from Massachusetts in 2018. And, uh, you know, he just, he just doesn't seem to have gotten a lot bigger in that area, at least from what I could see on tape. Uh, but he had, he had a 4.5, 40-yard dash. Um, he's one of those guys that just like he gets into routes quickly. He can shake press coverage. He's just he's just a great route runner in general. Has athleticism. Doesn't have the top end speed. Um, and because he has a, a little bit smaller of a frame, he has issues with you know press coverage and and sometimes can't get a clean release. Um, 
he needs to really he really needs to get better at like using his body effectively to shield the catch and like create space and like i said the speed is just an issue so i mean with all of these guys that we're talking about i mean we kind of alluded it to it earlier i mean none of these guys are going to be unbelievable or else they wouldn't be the one or two year contract kind of guys the those guys that are elite they'd never usually hit the market right so you know you're looking for the diamonds in the rough right and tajay sharp is one of those guys i remember you know uh picking him up in fantasy a few times and just being you know and, and like he'd have great weeks and then some awful weeks he scored two touchdowns in one week and then one week he wouldn't have a catch right he's like one of those guys but at the same time you know you look at Corey davis a first round pick ahead of him that hasn't really produced as much as he should have in his career so far in the nfl and then you think oh well, who is his quarterback who has been both of their quarterbacks an underwhelming marcus Mariota that got benched this last year but probably won't get re-signed to a second contract with the titans you have ryan Tannehill which all Bills fans know about. The guy's not the best quarterback out there, um, hence why they relied on Derrick Henry throughout the playoffs. I mean, I, I could see Tajay Sharp as one of those in-between guys who has talent. He just hasn't had a chance to really show it and uh, could potentially be on the Bills' radar in free agency. John, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How, how would you rank uh, the guys that we talked about? Mm. So I like I like Funchess the most from what I've seen, just because I think he provides something different that the Bills don't have. Because none of these guys really provide you know, the size and speed and and great hands and everything else. And I think, you know, Funches was more or less just a product of, you know, just a, a un- unfortunate injury, right? I mean, it was a broken collarbone. It wasn't like a soft tissue or a foot injury where you have to worry about these guys really aggravating, you know, every year from here on out, like a Sammy Watkins sort of, you know, foot injury, right? Um, I think I would rank Devin Funches first. And then I think it's between Demarcus Robinson of the Chiefs or Brashad Perriman from the Bucks. And I think I would, man, I liked what Demarcus Robinson showed. I think I would, as crazy as that sounds, I think I would put him number two, Perriman number three, Tajay Sharp number four. John, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I probably would have ranked them the same, actually. Um, I'm, um, I do like Robinson a lot. Yeah, right? Second? Second? Yeah. Is he your second? Yeah, maybe even number one. Ooh, all right, all right. I mean, there's yeah, right. I mean, you know what? I'll do AJ Green number one. <laughs> AJ Green, John. The Bills aren't going to sign AJ Green. Okay, 
<laughs> it would be cool. Don't get me wrong. Just like, well, like, what do you think? Do you think this is completely off topic? But what do you think about um, the Bills trading for Stefan Diggs? There's rumors about, you know, him being, you know, you have a a guy like that who has the talent, who's proven talent. And, you know, he he's definitely shown that he hasn't been happy with the offense and the way Kirk Cousins has been a quarterback or maybe the w- way that the the franchise is headed and if he you could get a guy like Stefan Diggs would you trade for him yes yes <laughs> now what would you give up for him now that's the real question as little as possible <laughs> <laughs> i would i would say i was thinking about this today i would give up at least a first round pick for Stefan Diggs he's a proven commodity but you're also taking on a ton of cap space um i don't have the numbers off the top of my head but i know it's a lie you're talking he's going to be the highest paid wide receiver on your roster right yeah that's tough i mean especially giving up a first round pick but i mean he's the number one receiver i mean when was the last time they had number one receiver molds yeah no kidding molds was by far the best all-around wide receiver we've had maybe ever right well i mean andre reed yeah but i mean as far as like speed size everything i mean there was nothing i feel like eric molds didn't have for buffalo as far as you know, be, the, being the complete—I mean, Andre Andre Reed was amazing at what he did. And, and Albert Davidian, Golden Wheels. Wait, what? Who? For the Bills, Albert Davidian. 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 Okay, yeah. D-U-P-I-O-N. Oh, okay. Yeah. What year did he play? In the sixties. Okay, well, that's that's why I never heard of him, John. I told you I only go as far as Jim Kelly, and then I don't know anyone before that. Except Cookie Gilchrist and O.J. Simpson. <laughs> but I know there were other guys. Joel DeLamalure. Yeah, I do know about him. All right, cool. Billy Shaw. Billy Shaw. Yeah, okay, Billy Shaw. Yep, I've heard of his name as well. As well. Jack Kemp. Jack Kemp. I have heard of Jack Kemp. Only because he was a senator also. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a, it's off the rails too. I I would absolutely trade. John, would you trade a first rounder for what about a What about a first and like a third? I mean, because you're, you're talking about if you tr- if you draft a guy this is how I always look at trades, right? If that's why I, w- I was okay with the Kelvin Benjamin trade at the time. Now I didn't know that he was going to be a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end for the Buffalo bills at the time, but I liked Kelvin Benjamin because I think we gave up a third round pick for him. Right. And you're like, okay, well, what are the odds that a third round pick wide receiver is already ready to start in the NFL from day one, right? Kelvin Benjamin was supposedly ready to start for the bills from the moment he got in the door, at least the next season. Right. The next season, second season. Like a fourth round pick. Wasn't who a first round pick? Uh, I'd read. Wasn't he a fourth rounder? Yes. Yes. But, you know, it's it's rare. It's it's <laughs> it's just not completely common. That's how I look at this. So if I'm looking at Stefan Diggs and I'm saying, what would I give up for him? I'm saying, you know, what what round could I draft a guy like that? I mean, Stefan Diggs was a sixth round pick, if I if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, could I get that kind of uh, yeah, I give up a six for him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a six-round pick. Wow, <laughs> wow. And, but you're also taking on cap space too, so you have to figure. You know, not only you're getting a proven commodity, you're taking on a lot of cap space, and you're giving up a big, a big uh, draft draft pick. So I, I don't know. I, I look at it from that point of view. So first-round pick to me, I would, I would, I would personally do it because you think wide receiver is one of your best biggest needs. Well. It, it fills your need. You sure you don't have your first round pick anymore, but you don't need it. 
to pick up that wide receiver anymore. So the second round pick, maybe you go defensive end, maybe you go offensive lineman. You know, you can still get those guys, you know, and still in free agency. So, um, you know, but that's, that's just how I see it. I will, I will want, I do want to bring up one last complete under the radar wide receiver free agent. And I only look at this because we were just talking about the Vikings. We we're just talking about Stefan Diggs. We were just talking about, um, you know, wide receivers with guys in front of them that are much more talented. You think about the Minnesota Vikings. You think about Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, very, very good wide receivers, possibly, um, the best tandem wide receivers in the league, maybe top five. And guy that was stuck behind them all this time has, has been, Laquan Treadwell of the Minnesota Vikings, six foot two, 221 pound wide receiver. You know, he was a first round pick in the 2018 draft. You know, he didn't run a fast, he's not a great speed guy. And, but he was one of those guys that just, you know, he blew up at, at Ole Miss. Um, he was the number one prospect in the country. And, you know, he became, he, he's a Treadwell. He had, he had 82 catches and 1153 yards and 11 touchdowns. In his last season at Ole Miss, he was a Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, I think he's just been—he's one of those guys that that he just doesn't have like that complete vertical speed. But you're not going to get a six foot two guy that has amazing vertical speed, you know, with like a one year four million dollar contract, right? And I think that's what you're looking for with a, with a lot of these guys that we're looking at, minus potentially the Brashad Perrimans, the Demarcus Robinsons, and the Devin Funches. When you talk about Tajay Sharp, Laquan Treadwell, this is an upgrade over Isaiah McKenzie. This is an upgrade over Duke Williams and Robert Foster. And the only reason I say that is because if you look at the pro football focus receiving scores, not the overall grades, but the receiving grades for the guys that I mentioned in this past season, you look at Duke Williams has a 69, has a 69 receiving grade from Pro Football Focus. Isaiah McKenzie, a 67 receiving grade from Pro Football Focus. Tajay Sharp, 72 receiving grade. And you look at a guy like Treadwell, and he has a 74.5. So he's, he has actually the highest of, uh, Sharp, McKenzie, uh, Foster, and Duke Williams. So I look at these guys. They're all potential. They're under the radar guys, a guy that can last you one or two years as a gap guy. And I think that, you know, they have the size that all Buffalo Bills fans are looking for. They're over six foot. Man, we have such a low bar for height, don't we? Just, are you six foot? Cause you're probably going to be one of our best wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when like Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be our stopgap at quarterback and he was there for like five, six years or however long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I miss Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He was going to be our stopgap quarterback at the time and and yeah so but you know we we're just talking about wide receivers not doing well you know with certain quarterbacks i mean just look at robert woods for example robert woods was a second round pick out of usc he underperformed i would say in his four years here not of his fault i wouldn't say he just didn't get the ball that often he goes to the rams he has a thousand yard season you know it's just <laughs> that's that's how this league goes guys that are underutilized like robert woods and potentially a, a Demarcus Robinson or Tajay Sharp or Devin Funches and all these other guys, you know, they, they have a spot. They, it's, it's unlike, I, I guess I would compare it to like other positions in the league. Like how often do you see like a defensive end that doesn't do well with their first team and ends up getting cut or released or testing free agency and then just blows up, right? 
I mean, how many Jordan Phillipses are there where, you know, defensive tackle that gets cut by the Dolphins, gets claimed off of waivers, has nine and a half sacks? Like, that just doesn't happen that often, right? Like, with some positions, you rarely get, like, guys that don't show up, and then all of a sudden they go to another team. Like, think of Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes was underutilized as, like, a 3-4 rush linebacker, edge linebacker, with the Colts, he gets traded to the Bills, goes into his natural position as a 4-3 defensive end, and he has an amazing season. He has over 10 sacks, right? So <laughs> it's a lot of, this is a perfect position to look at these deeper, you know, these these really under-the-radar guys that we've mentioned, and you can see the Bills easily picking up. I'll mention a couple of more without, without uh, going too much into depth. Um, potentially Nelson Aguilar from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, another guy that's kind of been caught, you know, in behind some some better receivers like Alshon Jeffrey, you know, Zach Ertz, guys like that. Um, one thing I will say, I forgot to mention about Laquan Treadwell, is that he was cut from the Vikings earlier in the season. I don't think it's 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 likely that the Bills pick him up because he did go into waivers and he wasn't picked up by the Buffalo Bills when he was cut. He eventually gets re-signed by the Minnesota Vikings, I believe it was in week four. So, you know, again... Under the radar guys, a guy that could potentially be, you know, picked up. I mentioned Nelson Aguilar from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Farrell Cooper could potentially be another guy from the um, Arizona Cardinals at wide receiver that could be picked up. Um, a guy that's, you know, been behind uh, other great wide receivers like Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. So just didn't really get a chance to get, uh, to make a name for himself yet. And, uh, another guy that had a great season, 70.3 pro football focus, uh, receiving grade. So again, better than the Bills uh, wide receiver three or whatever they've put on the field since then. So this has just been a fun exercise. It's fun to talk about guys that the Bills could get and to, at this point kind of be a little bit more realistic about it. So this was fun, John. I had fun. <laughs> so next week, um, I'm working on an interview, but we might discuss some uh, under the radar defensive ends for the Buffalo Bills and some positions. Like I said, you know, 62% of Bills fans are looking to you know, upgrade, upgrade wide receiver, but you know, 24% want defensive end. So there's going to be a lot of guys out there too, that, you know, the bills could potentially look at, you know, how nice is it by the way that the bills don't have to make a decision on cutting Trent Murphy right now, you know, like the bills could say, we mentioned that a couple of podcasts ago about cut or keep Trent Murphy and the bills don't have to cut him to save $8 million right now to sign one of these wide receivers. Like they have enough cap space that they can sign him and then see what else is out there. And if they don't have four defensive ends that are better than Trent Murphy, then they just keep Trent Murphy. You know what I mean? Yeah, not a bad deal. Yeah. So um, again, thank you guys all for listening to this discussion on some under the radar wide receivers. Uh, Would love your input on them. Let us know of other guys that you're thinking of that are out there. Uh, Put the post of this question on Twitter and uh, some some people were already mentioning Demarcus Robinson and Laquan Treadwell. It was just pretty cool. Um, I was very surprised because I was looking at these guys. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm the only one thinking that. There's a couple of Bills fans out there. They're almost as astute as us. So that's nice to see. <laughs> so thank you guys all for listening. Um, appreciate you guys catching up with us in the offseason. Free agency is only a week away, at least only a week away from the tampering period. The official start of free agency is March 18th, but the tampering period is March 16th. So that'll be fun a week from now. Um, Looking forward to that. So for John, AJ Green, Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl. (laughs) For me, Nate, 
Go Bills, Tajay Sharp, Laquanta, Demarcus Robinson, Brashad, all these guys. I would love to see any of them in a Bills uniform, get another chance, and uh, just be better than Isaiah McKenzie. So go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.